morning we're going to teach a little bit on baptism and a little bit on the Lord's Supper. And then we're going to have a chance to participate in each one. I was um, thinking about my own baptism this week as I prepared to talk and recalled uh, I was 16 years old, a teenager, and was kind of struggling with life. I believed in God and believed in Jesus, was raised in a Christian home, um, and yet I, I was struggling to really actually live it out well in a way that was satisfying to me. And, and I sensed God tapping me on the shoulder to be baptized and to take a new step with him. I, I was actually afraid of that. Uh, in our church growing up, you had altar calls every Sunday. If you're going to be baptized, you walked the aisle and came forward and told the church, and that's a cool thing, you know, but it was a frightening thing as a 16-year-old. Um, and so I just sensed God leading me to do that, and I, I stepped forward. And I remember that night in my bedroom just coming before God and saying, okay, God, I'm giving it all to you. I, I, I'm in a messy place, a bad place, a hard place as a 16-year-old. I didn't say it quite that way, of course, but I knew looking back now. Um, and I'm just giving it all to you. And, it, and, and I was baptized, and it launched me into a season in my high school years of a witness like I'd never been and serving Christ like I never had and saw several of my friends come to know Christ. We'll visit them again here next month as I go back to Seattle, and, and, and they're still walking with Jesus and saw just my whole life just take a big leap forward as I obeyed Christ in baptism. And, and that's what we're talking about today is this thing that God just calls us to do in obedience to him, but as we do, he, he just gives us kind of this really special moment in our lives that just launches us. And so we want to talk a little bit about it. We're going we're to use this verse, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. It says, and Jesus came to them in all authority. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is Jesus and his church. He says, go and make disciples of all nations. And we've sent Kirk and Crystal out today. They're going to do that. Then he says, when they, they become disciples, we're to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We're going to do that this morning and then teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. And we'll conclude with the Lord's Supper this morning in obedience to Christ. So we're just going to follow this pattern of, of, this, of this verse. Baptism really, as I mentioned, is a picture. It's a, it's a picture of the gospel of us personally. When we are choosing to be baptized, we are saying we are entering into Christ's death, dying to our old way of life. And coming back to new life in Christ, to live new life in him. It's also a picture of cleansing. We go under water, and in the picture of water, cleansing and washing our sins away. Uh, Romans chapter 6, 4 says, We are buried therefore with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, we might walk in newness of life. And then in 1 Corinthians 6 it says, And such were some of you, but you were washed and you were sanctified and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of God. And so we, a picture of not only death and resurrection, but a picture of cleansing, but also a picture of unity. Because the Bible tells us in Ephesians 4 that there is one baptism. We are baptized into one body. There's one universal church. And baptism says we are in that body. We are saying I am part of the body of Christ unified with this church family. And I want us to notice that in Matthew 28 in the Great Commission that baptism follows becoming a disciple. You become a disciple and then you're baptized. And so baptism is a picture of what has already happened in your life, that you've chosen to follow him, and now you're bat being baptized as obedience, out of obedience to him. The, the pattern of the scriptures everywhere is that you put your faith first in Jesus Christ, and then after you've put your faith, you declare your faith publicly by being baptized. 
And so uh, we baptize people who have made a confession of faith, who have a clear understanding of the gospel. We do that with adults. We do that with children. As long as they fully understand, we're going to baptize Vera this morning. Um, but she understands the gospel. I've, I've sat with her with dad and, and listened to her testimony. She understands the gospel, and she's a believer in Jesus, and so she will uh, be baptized. And it's a step of obedience. All of us are called to do that. You know, the Bible makes this assumption that if you're a believer in Jesus, you'll be baptized. There really isn't this picture of a person that's a believer but hasn't yet been baptized in the scripture. They're really tightly linked. It's, it's part of the Christian journey. When you believe, you be baptized. And that's what God is calling us to do. Uh, and in fact, I think in many cultures, and I would say in this one, that when you choose to be baptized, that's when you're throwing it down, right? That's when I'm following Jesus. I, I visited uh, in the Middle East many years ago, and that was the, the critical factor. They didn't mind if you went to a Christian church on occasion. They didn't mind if you participated with Christians. But as soon as you were baptized, you were on the other side, right? And so baptism is a declaration of personal faith of Jesus and following him. So we come together uh, to be baptized. Vera this morning, it's a great privilege. Jesus hung on a cross for us. And we can stand up and have a public testimony of our following him. Uh, to honor him today. And it's this great thing that impacts the body, it impacts us. Uh, I, I was looking at, uh, in our wedding of our son recently, all the pictures of Bjorn and, and his life that they do, you know, at weddings. And the one that grabbed my heart most was the one where he was being baptized. I saw my son, I was standing there, I got the privilege of baptizing him. That grabbed my heart. There's something about baptism that says that person is following Jesus. And so we get to do this today. So I'm going to have uh, the Adamas come on up, mom and dad, Alex and Jennifer and, and Vera, and uh, we're going to celebrate this time together. We really believe that dads are the pastors of the home, and Alex takes that seriously. <laughs> and uh, we're thankful for the witness that you have shared with your children and that they have, Vera has chosen to follow Christ in baptism. So Let's let her share her testimony. Do you want to read it, buddy? Okay. I'm a Christian because I believe in Jesus and that he died on the cross for my sins. I love Jesus because he loves me. I want to get baptized because I want to show people that I love him. How about that? <laughs> so Jennifer, mom's going to pray for Vera. Dear Jesus, Lord, I thank you for um, just blessing our family with Vera. I thank you for the childlike faith that she has, Lord, and I thank you for um, just, Lord, that she's close to you. I pray that this will be a step for her where she will run after you, Jesus, and just um, desire to walk in obedience and follow you and love her the rest, love you the rest of her days. In Jesus' name, amen. Those that would like to come and gather around the baptismal tank are welcome to do that and stand in support of Vera at this time. Please come and gather around, and Dad's going to baptize his daughter.
I got my um, I got my crib sheet here because I get a little emotional at times like this, so I don't want to miss anything. I'm just going to ask you a few questions, okay, Katie? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Jesus is your Lord and Savior. And with God's help, will you obey Jesus' teaching and follow him as your Lord for your life? All right, buddy. And with your profession... With your... With your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and obedience to his command, I'm now going to baptize you in the name of the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Still you give yourself away 
chapter 10. We're going to talk for a few minutes about this issue of communion, of Lord's Supper, just exactly what does it mean and why are we to engage ourselves in this thing. It has been done since before the crucifixion. <laughs> the night before is when Jesus established Lord's Supper as the meal, the representative meal of the new covenant. They already had one for the old covenant. They had Passover. And it was at that old covenant remembrance that Jesus established a new means, a new way of remembering what he has done for us. And we call it communion. In 1 Corinthians 10, verse 16, it says, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? And the bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? That word participation, it's used 20 times in the New Testament. And it's built off of a word that means a sharer, an associate, someone who is involved in the life of another. And friends, that's what this represents. That's what this is, that we are involved in the lives of those around us. We partake in their lives as well as them partaking in ours. And that word for participation that's translated that way in our passage here today is where we get the word communion. It means to hold in common, to share the benefits of. And friends, as we partake of communion, we share the benefits of the sacrifice that was made. When we accept Christ as our Savior, we share in the benefits of His sacrifice. And what this does is remind us specific benefits that flow to us out of this sacrifice. Okay? When we partake of the bread, that is reminding us of the body of Christ. The body of Christ, according to Colossians chapter 1, is the means by which we have regained access into the presence of the Father. In Colossians 1, 21, it says, you were alienated and hostile in mind. How many of you remember before you got saved? You weren't just apart from, you were angry toward, right? Completely hostile. 
in mind. You were doing evil deeds. But now, verse 22, he has reconciled us in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. When we partake of the bread, we are reminding ourselves this is the means by which that veil that separated us from the Father, it was torn from top to bottom, completely separated, so that now because of the death of Christ, we have access to the presence of the Father. But how many of you had access to the presence of the principal when you were in school and that wasn't an access that necessarily brought you peace? Anyone in here besides me? My parents' rule was, you get in trouble at school, you're in trouble at the house. I'd far rather be in trouble at school. But anyway, the sacrifice of Christ not only made it so we can enter into his presence because of the body of Christ, but in Colossians 1.20, what happens when we get to his presence? Through him to reconcile to himself all things. At the end of the verse, making peace by the blood of his cross. Not only can we come into his presence without fear, with boldness, to receive grace, to help in the time of need, is what Hebrews says. But when we get there, we can stand there in peace. And this cup that we take reminds us of the communion, the participation we have with Christ and with one another as we come together. And as we partake in this Lord's Supper, this communion, we're reminded of what he did for us. And in remembering what he did for us, we remember he did it for us. This is not a singular event. This is a plural event. He said, when you come together, I want you to partake of the Lord's Supper. This is for us to be reminded that I am not in this alone. Our communion, our fellowship is with Christ. But this is a reminder that it is with Christ in the company of believers, in the fellowship of a family. And friends, what a blessing that is. For this reason, the same word, the first time this word is used in the New Testament is in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 24, first time it's used. They devoted themselves, the very beginning of the first day of the church. This is the day of Pentecost. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and breaking of bread and the prayers. They determined we're going to do this thing together. They committed themselves to fellowship. And friends, that's what community said. I am in this with you. I'm in it with you. You know, we've had a lot of, over the years, we've had a lot of preachers that have decided they were going to quit. And my standard statement to them is, look, quit on Sunday morning, Sunday evening, just go back to work on Monday morning. But you can't quit because I'm with you. And if you quit, I have to quit. And I'm not quitting, so you can't quit. Right? That's the mentality. That's the attitude, the participation that we see in communion. And friends, you need to hear that from me. I need to hear that from you because there are times you want to quit. And you need to hear somebody say, oh, you, you can't quit. Because I'm with you, and if you quit, I have to quit, and I'm not quitting. So you can't quit. And there are times I want to quit, and I need to hear that from you. And so this communion is a reminder that we are in this thing together because Jesus loves us. As we come together as a body, as we observe baptism, as we observe communion, we meet needs. <laughs> we minister to the needs of other people. Our needs are met. And we also portray the fellowship that we have with God because of Christ in our gathering together. How many of you, look, he said, where two or more are gathered together, where is he going to be? 
Where's he going to be? In the house next door, waiting for us at Arby's? Where's he going to be? He's going to be in the middle of us. Now, have you experienced his presence this morning yet? Have you experienced his presence? Do you honest, honestly believe that as we come together, we are blocks that build the temple that he lives in by his Holy Spirit? Do you believe that, Ephesians 2.22? Have you experienced his presence this morning? Then here's the next question. Has he experienced your presence? Or have we so completely made this about us that it's just, just how it ministers to me? Has he experienced your presence? Or are you still thinking about the ball game? I think there was one last night. Are you still thinking about, did I turn the roast at the right temperature? What is it that captivates your mind when Sean is trying to lead us in worship? If it is an attitude of criticism of I don't like that song or that's too fast or that's a different version than what I like, there ain't a song that we're singing today that's the way the author wrote it. Can you imagine, look what they've done to my song, every one of them. Have we been so distracted with everything else that's going on in life that we come here and we experience his presence, but God goes away from here saying, yeah, I didn't experience yours. You weren't here. No, we're going to come with full intention to completely and fully engage with God through the presence of his Holy Spirit. Friends, how is it that you have somebody like Matthew? Do you realize what Matthew was? He had sold out to the Roman government, collecting taxes from his own people from a foreign invading country, overcharging them, making himself rich off, off the backs of his own people. How can he be in a group of disciples with another guy who is so given to his Zionist convictions that they call him Simon, what? The Zealot. This guy is radical. How is it that we're in there in a prayer meeting, Simon didn't slip over to Matthew one night, put his arm around his shoulder and a shiv in his side? How can those two get along? They get along because of who they're meeting around. They get along because their common bond is Christ. Did you see, did you see Ken Parker in the news in the last couple of days? That guy, last couple of weeks rather, the guy in... Um, Charlottesville who was involved in the riot a year ago and he was not on the receiving end of the riot he was on the giving end of the riot he's one of the leaders of the Ku Klux Klan he was the master grand dragon who helped organize that event there to intimidate belittle beat up kill if possible folks they did not agree with because they had a different skin color did you read about him two weeks ago one of the black pastors came up to him afterwards and just started talking to him. And Ken listened. And within a few months, the black pastor who stayed in contact with his Klansman invited him to church on Easter Sunday, this past Easter, at a black church. And the Klansman went. And would you like to guess what happened at church that day? He got saved. He got baptized in the Atlantic Ocean by a black pastor with a black congregation standing on shore. How can that happen? It can only happen because of the power of Jesus working in their midst. That's the only thing that can take hatred from repentance, from 
take from hatred and turn it to repentance and love. And it happens because of Jesus. Look, it says in Acts 2.44, and they had all things in common. In our society, we're so self-reliant and independent. We don't like talking about having things in common. But friends, it wasn't too long ago in this country where if you didn't have things in common, somebody's going to starve to death. And the disciples, the church that Jesus established around the, the centrality of him. And this is the reminder of we are one. We are cut from one flesh. That body was so committed to one another that they said, everything that I have is yours. To participate means to be involved with, to live with oneness with someone. And you can, you can look at this and say, well, I can't get along with everybody at church. That's okay. There's some people that can't stand you either. That's okay. Be nice. Don't be rude in your defensiveness. Recognize the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, if possible, that's a, big, that's a big two words, if possible, and here are you some more big ones, as far as it depends on you, then it says, live peaceably with all. Don't be the reason, don't be, don't be the reason that there's a break, that there's a lack of relationship and fellowship. But there are going to be some that you're just going to not be ministered to by. That's okay. I had a buddy that did not like a preacher friend of mine. He did not like him at all. Would not go to his church. I said, what is your problem? What did he ever do to you? Oh, he didn't do anything to me. You don't like him? No, I can't stand him. Why? Oh, his voice sounds like a redneck I used to listen to in the South. Which was fascinating because the guy was raised in Utah. Are you serious? That's it? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> never said a thing unkind. Never seen him do anything unkind. Just can't stand the sound of his voice. And friends, it happens. It happens. But as much as it's within us, if possible, as much as depends on us, let's live at peace with each other. And as we come together and partake of this communion today, we remind us that in being involved with one another's lives, look, we talked last a few, several weeks ago about Connect. What is the means by which we seek real life transformation, genuine practical change? It is by connecting with God and with one another, allowing that to have its natural result of growing us in Christ so that we will serve one another and will reach out to the kingdom around us. And friends, the result of connecting is always that someone is going to grow. And I want to introduce you to somebody today that, that is just a wonderful example of someone who has growing, is growing, and just continues to. Troy, come on up here. Troy is one of the best examples I know of of someone who just serves. There are things that happen in this building that you have absolutely no clue of. Do you know why your chairs are straight every Sunday morning? It's because he comes in here at 3 in the morning and straights the chairs. I still can't get past the 3 in the morning. He sleeps on, are you up to 15 minutes a night now? You're sleeping on 15? Okay, good. There are things that are done around this place. He said, I have so much free time on the weekend, I thought I would just give my life to serve in this church. Troy, how long have you been going to this church? Uh, 32 years. 32 years. He's one of the longest, longest members at this church. This Duber right here. How old were you when you got saved, Troy? Um, Andy Hornbaker back uh, when I was 8 or 10. 8 or 10. And Pastor Andy Hornbaker. What was it, what was the number one thing you were taught by 
the, the one who raised you as a child? How to steal. How to steal. Were you any good at it? Very. Why are you a minimalist today? To uh, combat the temptation of stealing. How do you like that? He was taught by his parents to steal. And I've heard stories of how he stole, and he probably would have been quite good as little and wiry and fast as he is. Why is this baptistry special to you, Troy? I was the last one baptized in it. He's been here for 32 years. How do you like living in Salt Lake? I hated it. And why did you hate it? The mountains, the snow, the culture, the drivers. <laughs> Troy got around for years riding a bicycle. How many times were you hit by a car? 16. How many bones got broken? Three. Okay. So you did not like living in Salt Lake. Why did you stay? The church. What has this church meant to you, Troy? When my mom left when I was 17, this church took me in. God just wouldn't let me leave. And recently, a few people have helped me realize that there's not there's still good things in this valley and starting to look for him. Amen. Troy, his entire spiritual walk has been in this house. He, his walk is the result of this fellowship loving on and putting into him. And there's some in particular, and you know who they are. Come give him a hug afterwards. But we're so thankful for what God is doing in Troy and in those just like him, many of whom you have never heard their names. Kevin, let's pray for him, please. Oh, thanks for Troy. He's a good friend of so many. He is our family. We love him. He loves us, God. And so we ask your blessing on his life and his work. He does tireless work here in chairs and sound and screen and things we don't ever see, Lord. I pray that your blessing and your presence will be upon him and with him. Father, I pray that uh, he will continue to delight in your goodness and how you have given him this church family and we love him so we ask you bless on his life in jesus name amen, amen. as the, as the deacons come forward yeah as the deacons come forward we're going to observe lord's supper this morning foolish to preach on it and not do it isn't it so we're preaching on evangelism soon so we're going to get out and do that one too right but as we come together, we, we, are, we practice here what's called open communion. That means if you have accepted Christ as your Savior, you're invited to participate with us. This is his table. It is not ours to monitor. And so what we ask is that as the bread is passed, just take and hold, and we'll all partake together. And then as the drink is passed, do the same with that. But we invite you to partake with us. There's a place 
Thank you for the body of Christ and it being the means by which we gain free, invited, complete access into your presence. Thank you that because of Jesus, there's no more about us. There's no more action on our part that we have to earn it. Thank you that in Christ and in Christ alone, we have access to your presence. We'll follow the same pattern with the cup, we'll distribute to each person and then drink it together.
righteousness is given to us and the father looks at us as if we have the righteousness of Jesus we are completely accepted by him and then Romans 15 7 says in the same way that Jesus has accepted you now I want you to accept one another and so we're to look at each other and say I accept you in Jesus and love and serve together if it is your faith placed in Christ and his shed blood that you are right with the father let's drink in celebration of him sweet thing, God, that we can come into your presence completely accepted by you. Apart from anything we do, right or wrong, we are yours. We are your children. And you look at us as a father, a good father, looks at his children with complete love and acceptance. In and through your blood, Jesus, and we thank you in your name. Amen. Let's issue a challenge to you this morning. We have three, four, five people needing to be baptized have told us they want to be baptized and none of them are here for second service and so we're going to do this in second service but i want to issue it right now if you have accepted christ as your savior but you have not followed him in believers baptism yet and you would like to make that statement today then let's do that second service you up for that let's just, let's just obey him well i'll get my clothes wet that's yes yeah. you will it's a warm day out there it's we a warm day towels. yeah you'll dry quickly <laughs> Take off your leather belt and don't forget your watch. <laughs> but let's follow him yeah. quickly, yeah. Yep. joyously. His commands are delightful to us. Now, our aim is to live in community here at Risen Life Church. And one of the ways that we actually do this is through something that we call the city. 
We do a lot of communication. 491 a year signed up on the city, and you get communications throughout the week. The city is going out of business. That wasn't our choice. <laughs> but we and receive it glad with gladness of heart. But we do. It's got its problems. So we are going to usher in a new day with a new program that's going to help us, and it's much, much better and much, much more user-friendly. And we're going to call it My Risen Life. And you will be able to find this at myrisenlife.org. Well, okay, that's not the web address. But don't even worry about the web address yet because Jason said if we announce the web address now, it will cause confusion later. Here's what we're doing. We're going to let you know over the next couple of weeks. Pastor Kevin didn't know that. He hadn't been, he had been in on that discussion. I'm ahead of the game. I'm sorry about that. Sorry. You can go there if you want. You'll just have Jason Cotting to contend with. I do not want that man down on me. Anyway. Here's what we're going to be doing. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be making these announcements. I've already put something on the city that says, please read, please read, please read. Okay? So here's what I'd like to ask you to do. Please read that. Okay? Check that out. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be explaining this to you. All of your data is being securely transferred over. And in the next, in the next few weeks, we're going to have computers here to help you put your name into the new website, punch in your... Um, password and Jason said it's going to find you we believe that by faith in Jason okay this is coming it's going to be a good thing so we want to encourage you to take part in this and we need your cooperation we realize it's a little bit of an inconvenience but we need your cooperation so in the next couple weeks three four weeks when people with computers and little pad iPads show up we need you to get your information transferred with them. So please help us so that we can communicate well and live in the communion we've been talking about here today. We have Denise and Nikki here. You guys, we, we on, looked for you earlier in the service. You weren't here earlier in the this service. This is our Japan team. So we didn't have you come up earlier. We've got to pray for these ladies. They're heading to Japan. They're going to be ministering with the Hashizakis there who are missionaries uh, that call this their home church, and we're so thankful for them. And when are you, when are you ladies leaving? Tuesday, which is the O-Dark 30, which is the same day that the Galsters are leaving. And how long will you be gone? Three weeks. And how are we doing on finances? I think we're good. I think God sent a blessing this past week. Nobody has informed us that the airline tickets and the hotels aren't good. So (laughs) (laughs) we have all the craft supplies. Denise, they're good. They're what? (laughs) They're good. Okay. We have all the craft supplies. We have all the treats. And it's just... How can we pray for you in particular? That we bless whoever crosses our path. Okay. Japan is 1% Christian, and we are ambassadors of a foreign nation in this place. How much more so will they be in Japan these next few days? Let's pray for them in the next couple of weeks as they go. We want to be a blessing to them, and so let's pray for them right now as we send them out. Lord, thank you for all you're doing. Thank you for the chance to touch nations, God, around the world. Even today, we get to see... Africa and Japan and Lord I just pray that you will bless these ladies God give them joy give them safety give them fun and laughter and may they come across people you have prepared for them to meet and share Christ with them by the way they act and what they say Lord I pray that Jesus will shine brightly through them in the next two weeks and we pray in Jesus name amen amen there are announcements in your bulletin announcements on the city check them out let's stand together and go out of here with a song let's stand together and sing glory to his name